a podcast where we talk about our book of the week. I'm Anna Bailey Karras and I'm here with Amanda Hayes. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Anna. Hello, everyone. And this week we've been reading Chai Time at Cinnamon Gardens by Shankari Chandran. But first, book news. And I've really failed, Amanda. I had a look this morning and I couldn't find any exciting news. There oh, is a lot. Dear. There's a lot of book news, of course, mm. but it's it's getting into the esoteric publishing side of things. Right. Mm. But I did see, and this must have passed me by because the announcement was a while ago, but they've just announced the judges for mm. it. But there's a new book award, which is the Cafe Nero Book Awards, which will start in 2024. And it looks like, and this is what interested me, exactly the same format almost exactly the same as the Costa mm. Book Awards um, of Costa Coffee. Yes. So we've moved coffee chains <laughs> but that was one that we followed because it, it was awarded to the best read across four categories or five categories and then they picked an overall winner. Yep. But it was always that book that you could recommend to anybody mm, that would mm. – so I'm thinking of Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Yes, yeah, I think like a page-turning, yeah. crowd-pleasing sort of book. Exactly. But well-written. <laughs> but well-written. So it's always a good one to follow. Well, so the, And the Cafe Nero will do the similar thing and the each category prize-winning – prize winnings the winner receives about five thousand pounds so it's quite generous and Mm, then of course there's an overall winner so we will keep you posted when that award begins i suppose they're getting i think they've been receiving a lot of submissions and then we'll get some short lists and long lists and i think possibly the rate i'm going with editing by the time you're listening to this but it hasn't happened yet the booker prize shortlist will will have been announced great i think that's imminent so i don't think we've read enough of the long list to put our tips in for the short list definitely not Um, but I have had – I've been enjoying Matthew Sharapa's reviews. He's reading, it seems like, the whole long list. Wow, that's ambitious. And he did mm. make a comment the other day, please make it stop. You know, <laughs> I'm so over the Booker Prize long list. He has not been loving it. And he, oh, dear. A lot of them he said, this is perfectly fine. It's a perfectly fine book but, it, you know, it's mm. not rocking his world. So it'll be really interesting to see what is on the short mm. list. So stay tuned for that. We'll probably be a week behind the rate we're going. But let's move on to our book of the week, Chai Time in Cinnamon Gardens by Shankari Chandran. Great. Okay. So Shankari Chandran was born and raised in Canberra. She's an Australian with Tamil heritage. She lived in London for a decade where she worked as a lawyer in the social justice field and she now lives in Sydney with her husband and four children. She has a day job as well as being an author and she's the Deputy Chair of Writing New South Wales, so clearly a very, very busy person. She's written some short stories and three books, including Chai Time at Cinnamon Gardens. Her other books were The Barrier and Song of the Sun God. And apparently she has a political thriller coming out next year called Unfinished Business, which will be published as an audible original. And she won for Chai Time at Cinnamon Garden. She won the Miles Franklin Literary Award, which is one of Australia's most prestigious awards. The amount of the prize is $60,000, so really generous and great uh, help for any author. So Chai Time at Cinnamon Gardens is set 
in a nursing home, which is called Cinnamon Gardens, in contemporary Western Sydney. And it also has scenes set in Sri Lanka's civil war. A migrant couple, Maya and Zakir, who were Tamil academics, fled persecution and torture in Sri Lanka to Sydney. And there they established Cinnamon Gardens, which was a nursing home for culturally diverse residents. And then we fast forward decades later and Maya's daughter, Anjali, is running Cinnamon Gardens. Uh, Maya is now a resident there and Zakir, Anjali's father, is missing. So that's a, a mystery during, during the book. The nursing home is being targeted by local racists. They're suffering from graffiti on the walls and one of their staff is being um, attacked violently. Meanwhile, the local councillor, his name is Gareth, also happens to be the husband of Angelie's best friend, Nikki, discovers something in Cinnamon Garden's history that he thinks is racist against white Australians. And um, it unleashes a torrent of racist abuse um, about ungrateful immigrants. And so this, to reading this was, was quite confronting. And I have to say, Chandran does not sugarcoat that at all. And weaved amongst all of this is flashbacks to Sri Lanka's brutal civil war. And there were numerous other subplots going on. I venture to say perhaps too many, but we'll get to that a bit later. So on the whole, I enjoyed the book. It was really entertaining. It was quite fast paced. It piqued my curiosity to learn more about the Sri Lankan history. But there was one plot point that almost made the book come unstuck for me. And I'll talk to that later. But before I go on, I just want to ask Anna, so what did you think, Anna? Well, Amanda, we've had an interesting time. So I went into this absolutely full of enthusiasm. I really wanted to love it because for a, for a number of reasons. One, it had come recommended by Jacqueline at Six Minutes for Me and she has excellent taste. Mm -hmm. And she had not just recommended it but did a really thoughtful, glowing review on her Instagram and just how layered the book was and how much it was achieving, you know, that it was dece not deceptively simple but that there was so much meaning in the book more than meets the eye, mm -hmm. how much, how rich and, you know, how much she enjoyed reading it. And also the author, Shankari Chandran, had given an interview with Room to Read, which is a yes. fabulous non-profit that we support for children's literacy, including in Sri Lanka. And she did an event with them in Melbourne. So I'd heard about it from that time and I was it was high time to read it. Yep. I was. I went in all guns blazing. Mm -hmm. The first thing I'll say, which Jacqueline had pointed out and others have pointed out in other reviews, is that the cover doesn't really represent the book. And or the, the title. And, and the title. Yeah. Char Time mm. at Cinnamon Gardens sounds like a cosy almost murder mystery yeah. but a, a cosy read a bit twee a bit twee yeah. set in a retirement village where we go and sit with the older generation while they do their knitting and swap stories and maybe have a a knitting group and have a Maeve Benchy style <laughs> cosy story and uh, you know, just warm and engaging and um, fairly light-hearted and the cover is really cute and lovely but 
a very light-hearted vibe that mm. you're getting from that, which I would enjoy, but <laughs> that's not the book. I think fair to say that's not the the heart of the book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at mm. all. So that's the first thing that's a bit jarring. Mm. You just you sort of go into it and realize very quickly that it's a much heavier story underlying all of this each character and so that was the first thing and then I had a bit of a rocky start I think we'll say yeah so first Mm -hmm. we have the cover and then at the beginning I setting the scene though I think I was just coming off reading Middlemarch by (laughs) George Eliot which congratulations (laughs) we both just read it (laughs) which Amanda read as well for Adelaide Writers Week book club and it's 880 pages. Let's not go down on a tan- on a middle March tangent, but w- I absolutely loved it. It was and amazing. It's a classic. Mm. It's really mm. hard to follow when you've been living in that world for 880 pages <laughs> and it's a really masterfully written yeah, book. It's incredible. It's hard mm. to follow up. Any book would might have suffered from that. So that's the first caveat. But I started Chai Time and I found it clunky. Clunky's not quite the word, but the first few pages I was finding there was so much information mm. being given to me that each sentence was chock full of information and it kept interrupting the story. I didn't feel like I was reading a story. I felt like I was being told a lot of stuff. Yeah. It interrupted the flow sometimes. It interrupted mm. the flow. So I had a quite a rocky start. There was a lot going on. Anyway, it got better. So yes. I said to Amanda, I don't think I can do it, but I felt so guilty. And normally <laughs> normally I don't do this. And I had Jacqueline saying, but which bit did you get up to? And I was <laughs> like, oh, I just can't do it. I'm on, I'm on page 14. And anyway, I did keep going and I really got into it. Yeah. So you have to get the hang of the structure. So she's changing. There are sort of those four main characters. Yeah. There's Maya, then there's her daughter Ange and then Ange is married to Nathan. Then there's Nikki and Gareth. And Reuben. And then there's Reuben who works at the mm. retirement village as well. So once you get the hang of we're moving between those mm. characters who are living in present day Sydney, They've got a lot of issues because Gareth and Nikki had, are dealing with a tragedy and you, you get that curiosity yeah. of I wonder what has happened and how will they come through it. So their marriage is strained and then you have Ange, Ange dealing with constant racism and her well-meaning white friend Mel who was very funny saying how yeah. she's on the yoga journey <laughs> and, it, yeah. you know, namaste and they, they're very politely <laughs> saying namaste back even though that's not actually what they <laughs> <laughs> I say I loved some of that but yeah. just getting into the story like mm. feeling as if now we're on a roll now we're now we're hearing a story that's really interesting really well observed full of heart yeah and that bit of humor you know with the having a gentle some gentle laughs at some of the white characters and then it gets more pointed as mm. we get to some of some really serious racist abuse that that she depicts later on in the book that you've alluded to but also in between for I think almost every chapter they also have a flashback to earlier times particularly in Sri Lanka and some of those I just skimmed because I was a bit impatient and I'd left it so late to finish reading it but I sort of took it as a given that they'd had been through 
a traumatic time mm. and hence why they had moved to Australia and I didn't know if I needed to go right. through to relive that blow by blow mm. of how terrible it was. Although I think, yes, well, we should. I mean, maybe yeah, we, we should understand that a I bit better. I actually found those bits some of the most interesting to read because it did prompt me to go and learn more about the civil war in Sri Lanka and I won't... <laughs> I won't do a potted history of that, but it so that was I always like a book that prompts me to go and find something out. And I thought those scenes were really poignant and just encapsulated for people like me who didn't know a lot about it how brutal it was. I mean, most civil war of course is brutal, but that one was particularly horrible and it went on for 26 years, you know, it was just destroying for so many. Uh, in fact, I think uh, the estimates are that over 150,000 people were killed on either side. So it was, you know, intense. Yeah, mm. so I, I agree. I think it it's always – there's always so much we don't know, yeah. speaking for myself. And I didn't know much about that and I did learn quite a bit. Mm. And if I'd had more time, I would have read up a bit more as well like you did. Um, but it almost felt as if there were two books – in yeah. one because mm. that could almost be a Sri Lankan book that you would read and then the Australia story with that as the backstory but not necessarily on the yeah. page could be another book. And I'm thinking of The Year of the Runaways by I want to say Sanjeev Sahota but I could have that slightly wrong which is four immigrants who moved to London and they've had this backstory not the same, not Sri Lankan, but, you know, obviously difficult journey yeah. and then it's their life in London. And I wondered if that – I don't know. I did think she wove it in quite well but um, it was so much. I just yeah. felt, as you said, with the subplots as well, there was so much and it was all put into the book and I wondered whether perhaps all of it needed to be written and then some could have been yeah. excised just to – to really distill it down yeah, a bit more. That's exactly how I felt, Anna. I thought uh, – oh, I had two thoughts. One was, well, life is messy and she certainly captured that, you know. Everyone has their issues and, and she's done that really well. But on the other hand, I thought there was just so much going on that sometimes she missed a bit of an opportunity, I think, to really crystallise something and just make it sort of more poignant almost. It was a bit – I don't know, it was a bit confusing sometimes. Yes. Well, mm. for example, this, I mean, this is just a random example. This didn't bother me at all. I quite enjoyed reading these scenes. But there you see Gareth and you follow him into his meeting in the council chambers and then you have a whole insight into the council, which does, it, it is relevant because it touches on, although I thought that was a bit of a long bow, but... Mm. The council is getting involved in the racist attacks that are happening, allegations of racism in the in the local area. So it does she does tie mm. it in. But a lot of that I thought, did we really need to go to Gareth's workplace? Yeah. You know, we yeah. that's not the heart of his story. The heart of his story is the issues with Nikki. Yeah. And we could just say he went to work. But of course yeah. it is relevant to his state of mind and mm. his frustration and, and why he learns about 
these human rights, you know, Discrimination Act pathways yeah. and so on. So it does sort of it, – she does bring it together, I think. Yeah. But it, there was a lot that I thought we're getting so much here and it's it's very over full. Yeah. And I think yeah. she manages it. It's, I do too. It's, but it, it made it just a lot to read. So I was skimming by the yeah. – you know, just to yeah, get through it. Yeah, it didn't make me skim. But at the beginning I mentioned there was one – well, I thought it was a hole in the plot and I'd just be really interested to know what other people thought and I'm going to try and do this without any plot spoilers. <laughs> so there, there's an incident, a tragic incident that takes place in the nursing home and if anyone has ever been into a nursing home and I have, um, I worked in one as a uni student and, and I go and visit, you know, relatives, you know how tightly controlled things are in nursing homes and, for example, administration of medication is is rigorously done and um, they have two nurses, they have a special secure lockboxy type thing they take around and deliver the medication and, um, you know, make sure the patient takes it. So there's simply just not bottles of addictive substances lying around. And if that if something happened and a tragedy resulted from that, you know, there would be a lot of noise made about that. There'd be an investigation. And yes. I just felt like for a book that was seemed to be so well researched in every area, I think that she perhaps didn't really get the gist of how nursing homes work. And, no, and that was a that was a big hole for me. Yes. And mm. it takes you out of the story yeah. when, when that happens. Mm. I I didn't stop and think about that in the way mm. you did, but the thing is, I suppose that was easily fixable because that the we can't even talk about mm. it. But there could have been any number of accidents that could happen yeah. in place of the one that was depicted. Mm. So mm. it could have been changed quite yeah, easily. Yeah, I, I, I think, think that 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 was my thought, yeah. and maybe it's because I hang around a bit in nursing homes because my dad's yeah. in one at the moment. It's on <laughs> was, your mind. It was on my yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> that would never happen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like mm. that too with television. My yeah. sister goes bananas, especially for watching legal shows, and I say, "Well, it wouldn't happen like that. What they would do is," she says, "Anna, it's a TV show." Exactly. <laughs> well, that was my other thought. Like, you know, it's fiction. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, fiction. it's not a review of a nursing home. <laughs> No, but you're right in that it is fiction but it has a lot of sections that read almost like non-fiction. There's mm. a lot of explanations about what racism is, what, what it is and what it isn't and going into the Racial Discrimination Act and there's it's a lot of – it veers on the non-fiction at times. Yeah, yeah, which is why that little problem for me just didn't quite work. Yeah. Um, but but um, a very compassionate – story oh, and yeah, re- I, a real insight. Yeah. I think it, it really rang true. I felt that mm. it was super authentic and, you know, we were right there with these characters. The, yes. the way they lived and the things that frustrated them, um, especially with this country, is is so deeply flawed in terms yeah. of its attitudes to and non-white, anyone who's not white. Yeah, so all of that really mm. unfortunately rang true and, and yes. was all too true to life, wasn't it? And one, one of the things she said when I read some reviews was that as a you know, Tamil Australian, if you're an immigrant, you always have this feeling that you have to be grateful and, and that really comes through and it made me think that, you know, when you read a book, you you learn more about other people, their situations, it develops your empathy and I think 
this book is really good in that way. Yes. Mm. Yeah, definitely. A very wise and full mm. of heart story. So I'm glad I did persevere. It's oh, not good. often, as our listeners will know, it's not often that this happens with me. Mm. I normally, if it's over, it's over. Yeah, yeah. Um, Milkman. Black and white, yeah. aren't you, Anna? <laughs> Well, I, not only in the sense that I'm not black and white in how I respond to a book, but I am in the sense that I won't keep reading yeah. if I'm not enjoying you, you it. You make a call. You have to make a mm, call. Yeah. But it did happen with Milkman by Anna Burns, which mm. I was finding quite challenging and I pushed through and then I was so happy that I did because it was so rewarding. Yeah. So there we go. It's That's why it is difficult to bail on books. Yeah, you never know. And I'm about to bail on another one oh, but that's Anna. another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, I would, I would recommend this book and I actually think it's good to go in with your eyes open a bit and know that it's not a cutesy little story in a nursing home. It's a lot more than that. Yes, I hope mm. they reissue it with a new cover. Yeah. N- no offence to the designer because it's a gorgeous cover but I hope they do give it a more hard hitting kind of yeah it's more serious yes Mm. okay (laughs) so that's Chai Time in Cinnamon Gardens by Shankari Chandran and coming up we might be discussing Wifedom by Anna Funder and I think Annie has read that as well oh we could do a triple she was keen to talk about that one yes there's lots to discuss there so stay tuned and in the meantime you can follow us on Facebook at Books on the Go or email Books on the Go podcast at gmail.com. And I'm on Instagram and Litzy at A Bailey Karras. And Amanda? I'm on Instagram at vibrant underscore lives underscore podcast. Fabulous. We'll see you next time. Bye for Bye. now. Bye.